Ladies and gentlemen, in the red corner, hailing from the state of Nevada, representing the Steam and Wise Guys, it's the always feared Vegas Oddsmaker! And in the blue corner, the crowd favorite from South Florida, Mark Winning Picks Lawrence! Uh, happy 2016 to you and yours. This is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King, and we're set to go against the spread on this, the first full week of the 2016 NFL and college football seasons. And Victor, if you can believe it, it seems like just yesterday you and I were talking about the college football bowl games that were coming on hand. Yeah, it was a pretty good bowl season as well, Mark. I can't believe that everything is upon us here. Our first full combined weekend of college football in the NFL. Uh, as always, I'm delighted to be here with you and, of course, with all of our listeners. This is a very, very busy week in the playbook offices. As you know, totals tip sheet number one. First combined uh, college and NFL newsletter in terms of the playbook. Of course, many people have their fantasy football drafts this week. As I mentioned, a very busy week in our playbook offices, but we love what we do. You know, a lot of people, Mark, they uh, they work to live, but uh, we live to work. Yeah, we sure do here at Playbook, and that's evidenced, if you will, if you've downloaded either our 2016 Playbook Football Preview Guide magazine or this week's edition of the 2016 Playbook Football Weekly Newsletter, you'll see about all the information that we pour into every endeavor that we do. It's a terrific staff we have here at Playbook. Everybody is 100% devoted to putting the best publications that we can together, and we feel that we shine in the industry in doing just that. We had a real strong week last week with our Playbook Newsletter and our college football games. It's on to NFL and Combination Week number two. You can download the Playbook Football Newsletter at the playbook.com website where you can also download this week's edition of the totals tip sheet as well. The first week of the totals tip sheet is now in the store. You can check that out. Victor and I will talk a little bit about that in just a moment or two. Victor, we know all about what happened last week in the world of college football and quite an exciting week it was. It seemed like there were a lot of marquee games that were on tap in the world of college football last week and they delivered the goods, if you will. If you like underdogs like I and Victor do, it was a great week for underdogs in the world of college football. And in fact, breaking it all down, I know, Victor, you've, you've broken it down quite intensively here. But on the surface, I saw the SEC struggle last week. They were only 7-7 seven and seven in their 14 games last week. They sort of took it on the chin, a little bit of egg on the face for the Southeast Conference. We'll see whether or not they can rebound uh, this week or not. And your take, Victor, on what you saw week number one in college football last week. You know, you mentioned the SEC, and it's uh, it, it's often a hard league to watch from an entertainment standpoint. I know that was the case last year, and you just touched on it. This season is off to a similarly underwhelming start. You know, through Saturday's games, all six Western Division teams that had played were ranked lower nationally in total offense and let's be honest, this is what we watch football, than where they finished last season. So a tough start for some of these SEC teams, Mark, definitely. And a great opening weekend. In fact, uh, the, the, this upcoming weekend here pales in comparison to the fantastic opening weekend that happened uh, Thursday through Monday. Uh, a 109-yard kick six 
in Houston, a full field romp with a blocked extra point that produced overtime in Austin, Texas. Uh, fantastic, uh, uh, touching penalty by Nebraska and a very, very classy, if I may, decline of said penalty by Fresno State in that game that I'm sure brought tears to a lot of fans. Of course, there was a triumphant uh, comeback from cancer in Pittsburgh, a college game at Lambeau Field, Elaine Kiffin getting his revenge by tweet-taunting USC. Uh, In terms of the results, Mark, it was a pretty decent week for underdogs overall. Dogs went 21-18 and in the lined games. Double-digit dogs did a little bit better going 13 and 9 and in fact double digit road underdogs in week 1 went 11 and 6 pretty solid 65% percentage across the board for those teams of course taking 10 or more points on the road and uh, finally for you over under fans it was an underwhelming opening weekend as well 14 and 27 were the over under results mark 66% of the games indeed went under the total Thursday, one and six over under in the seven games. Friday, all five games on Friday went under the total. The Saturday games went 10 and 16 over under. Now, the Sunday night, of course, Notre Dame game went over, and the Monday night game uh, went over as well, uh, one and oh. So that brings us to our final tally of 14 and 27 in terms of over under results. And since we're on that topic, we can't ignore the fact that. you know, we had all summer to uh, handicap our NFL Week 1 and our college football Week 1, and I think it's incumbent on a decent handicapper to come out of the gate and do well. And we did. Uh, our King Creole totals plays went 4-1 and one over the weekend in NFL totals plays, including that Monday night over the total in the Florida State game. And, of course, we can't ignore the fact that uh, Mark came out of the gate smoking as well, going 3-0 and on his executive football service. Winners on Saturday, Miami of Ohio and Wyoming. And you uh, wrapped that up with a winner on Florida State on Monday. So a fantastic start. And uh, we're looking forward to uh, a little bit more profits here in week two. I'd say, Victor, that uh, all the results are directly attributable to the work that we put in the offseason getting ready for this 2016 campaign. And uh, you saw it last week, even in our issue number uh, two of the Playbook Football Newsletter, Victor did a, a really terrific job with college football over under totals that he outlined in that particular publication. If you don't have it or haven't yet seen it, issue number two will outline a terrific job by Victor in college football over under totals, which he'll be talking about all throughout the season. And one more note here before we move on to what will be our college football game of the week observation here that the way that I like to do things, I chopped up the card last week and I noted that there were 14 games that involved line games last week that saw underdog winners win the game straight up in straight up fashion, headlined by obviously South Alabama's stunning win over Mississippi State. There were also 11 games last week in the college football card that went inside out, that being that the team who won the football game lost the yards. Phony inside out wins, if you will. There were also five games in total that played to overtime last week, a little bit of a high total, if you will, for overtime football games. We had it last week. Five of them went into overtime, highlighted by that near upset, if you will, of Appalachian State over Tennessee, which really bumped Tennessee out of the top 10 polls because of their poor performance. 
And uh, one other stunning note, we're talking about the SEC that I made note of is I don't know what's going on at Kentucky. We were expecting a lot better things from the Wildcats this year. Mark Stoops, obviously under the hot seat there and a lot of promise. But uh, here they were. They're up 35-10 to 10 with only a mm. minute remaining in the half of their football game to Southern Mississippi. And then the roof caved in. That football team just completely blanked out, disappeared, and they got beat in the football contest. We'll see whether or not Kentucky can get themselves back up off the mat for their big game against Florida this week. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence against the spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. Don't you go away when Victor and I come back. We're going to tear down our college football game of the week on tap this week. We've got our NFL game of the week. We'll be hopping out to Las Vegas, checking with our good friend Andy Isco and sharing with you later on in the show our awesome angle and our free complimentary plays. A whole lot to like here on the show, our opening week show of Mark Lawrence against the spread. As I say, don't go away. We'll be back in just a brief moment. sports fans, it's time to get in on all the football action at mybookie.ag. This industry-leading website is renowned for having the best odds and more betting options than any other sports book online. This is why Mark Lawrence only endorses mybookie.ag. Call toll-free at 1-844-900-2387 or go online to mybookie.ag to open an account and start winning today. Get the odds you want and the fast payouts you need Guaranteed. That's mybookie.a as in Apple and G as in games. Tell them Mark Lawrence sent you. Only the biggest. Only the best. Only at mybookie.ag. Sign up today. Attention all serious football fans. If you follow the best football newsletters in the nation, now you can get them all at the all-new Playbook Newsletter Superstore. One visit allows you to download the best publications in the nation, including The Gold Sheet, Victor King's NFL Totals Tip Sheet, PointWise, Sports Reporter, The Playbook, Power Sweep, The Logical Approach, The Green Sheet, and The Gridiron Gold Sheet. Check it out now at PlaybookSuperstore.com or download your weekly newsletters on the all-new Playbook Cube. That's every major football newsletter on the market today. Now available at PlaybookSuperstore.com. Hey, welcome back, everybody. This is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King, and we're going against the spread on this, the first week of the 2016 NFL football season, week number two in college football. And speaking about college football, let's tear down our college football game of the week when Virginia Tech takes on Tennessee in a matchup of non-conference opponents. This is a big game for both football teams, Victor, here. Your take on the volunteers when they take on the Hokies from Virginia Tech this Saturday. Well, I love the fact that you picked this game as our college game of the week. And you want to talk about football games in strange places. Here you go. How about college football meets NASCAR, Mark? The Battle of Bristol. Now, they're calling this a neutral field, and it's in Tennessee, and I understand that. But uh, it's basically right in the middle between the two universities. It's 113 miles from Knoxville to Bristol, and it's 122 miles from Blacksburg to Bristol. And we got a match here made in uh, Appalachian heaven with maybe a little bit of Kenny Chesney thrown in here. The goal (laughs) is to put 150,000 people in what they call the real big house 
or in Bristol, they call it the last great Coliseum. 150,000 people in a college football game. Amazing. Now, you know, for some folks, though, it could be a miserable viewing experience because, you know, the football field hardly fills the cavernous interior of the track. And I'm sure there's going to be a lot of seats that are a long way from the action, but interesting nevertheless. And, uh, of course, it'll be the uh, big game on national TV on Saturday night. The over-under line move has been uh, interesting in this game, Mark. It opened at 54, and when I started uh, studying the game on Tuesday, of course, we record the show on Wednesday mornings, but on Tuesday the line had gone down a full two points to 52, and it basically bottomed out at 52, I was kind of surprised this morning when I got into the playbook offices and the line had made a big overnight jump of two and a half to three points all the way back up again to 54 and a half. So it opened 54, bottomed out at 52, has now gone up to 54 and a half. I'm not surprised by that line move because I do kind of lean and like the over in this particular game. And if you do want to play the over, like we always recommend, you play your over as early in the week as you can and your unders as late in the week as you can. One of the reasons that I do like the over in this game is this is not your typical Virginia Tech team here. We've got Justin Fuente now and his great intricate offensive system, quick offensive system, I might add, that he brought from Memphis, now coaching the Virginia Tech team. And the Hokies are now an offensive threat. This is not the Frank Beamer team that does it on special teams and defense from years past. we got Justin Fuente now. And, in fact, with Memphis last year, Mark, he, was, he ran 80.2 offensive plays per game, which was the 16th quickest offense out of 128 teams. And, in fact, their pace of play – did pick up in their opening week win over Liberty as they ran 85 offensive plays in that game. Uh, I'm a little less optimistic about the Virginia Tech defense as a whole. Hasn't been great for some time now, but this is a team this year in which there's going to be more overs than unders, so I'm not surprised by that line move that overnight went up by 2.5 to 3 points. In terms of the Volunteers, uh, projected to do well. They were ranked in the preseason top 25. Didn't look great against Appalachian State. Uh, the worrisome part for the Volunteers would probably be the fact that both the offensive and defensive line got pushed around pretty good by the Mountaineer team. If that doesn't change, it could be a long season in Knoxville. Uh, 77.6 offensive plays per game last year, which was uh, number 31. They ran 74 plays in last week's uh, overtime win over Appalachian State. The thing that concerned me a little bit was the fact that they're about as vanilla as you could possibly be on first downs, and that's not going to work this week against the Hokies. Offensive coordinator for the Vols, uh, Mike uh, DeBoard, I believe his name is, he called only 10 passing plays out of the 28 plays run on first downs and 14 Jalen Hurd rushing plays. Most of the plays were zone plays between the tackles in which basically everybody in the stadium knew what was coming. So they are going to have to open things up a little bit for this game to go over the total. We see the game somewhere in the area of 34 to 24. I know Tennessee is a favorite of 11 to 11 and a half in this game. I don't know about the point spread. We'll let Mark take take that one. But I do think we'll see in the area of 55 to 60 overall points scored in this game, Mark. 
Tennessee has gone a perfect 6-0 and to the over in their last six neutral site games. They've also been a good September over team. In the first month of the season, they've gone 19-7 and over under over the last seven years. And on the flip side, Virginia Tech, they're also a pretty good team on neutral surfaces, 3-0-1 to the over. Their last four games on neutral fields, they are a good non-conference over team. They've gone 7-1 and over under in their last eight non-conference games. And in their last five games in the against the SEC Conference, they've gone a perfect 4-0-1. That would be for Virginia Tech. So I'm not surprised by the line move. We're leaning over, Mark. You're going to want to play it as soon as possible. As you could very well go up into the 56, 57, 58 point range. But it should be a fun, fun game to watch there as college football meets NASCAR. Victor Keene leans over the total in the big Bristol showdown between Virginia Tech and Tennessee. And i got to say one thing, Victor. I'm glad that I listened into the show as well because I had no idea that there was such close proximity between these two teams. I thought for certain that this site favored Tennessee, but 122 miles right. for Virginia Tech, 113 miles for Tennessee. That's really quite an interesting observation. Uh, I don't know how many fans we're going to see, whether it'll split out that way, but I do know that Virginia Tech fans do travel well, yeah. as do the T- Tennessee Volunteer fans. So they're probably going to be a 50-50 split at Bristol for this big non-conference showdown game. You mentioned Virginia Tech, Justin Fuente, new head coach, comes over from Memphis, did a terrific job with the Tigers. He takes over, fills the big, big shoes of legendary head coach Frank Beamer, who retired in his career as a head coach with Memphis. Fuente did really rather well as a non-conference dog, 6-1 and one to the spread in games in which his team had a win percentage of 333 or better. Fuente also 8-2 and two to the spread in his 10 games in game two, Virginia Tech in their game second game of the football season here. The hole that I see for Virginia Tech has been their struggle against the SEC. You go back and you look in 13 games played against the SEC. Virginia Tech has only won one game on the scoreboard. They're one, 11, and one straight up, just one and five to the spread the last six contests that way. On the flip side, Tennessee comes into the contest feeling Huge pressure on their shoulders from being projected to be not only the SEC East Division winner this year, hands down. In fact, everybody's got them in the SEC championship game based largely upon what they did last football season here with a lot of youngsters last football season here. They only lost three or four games, but every one of those losses were losses where they led the football game and gave the game away. They could have won each and every game, but they choked the games away. They nearly choked it away last week. When they played Appalachian State, had to go to overtime to defeat the Mountaineers in that football contest. As I mentioned early on, a result of that knocks them out of the top 10 polls. They fell to number 14 because of that and the pressure that is on their shoulders this football season here. It's kind of a, they have to prove it before they get the job done, sort of a syndrome, if you will, for Tennessee. I'm going to take a small lean in this game to Virginia Tech, and if for no other reason, it's about Butch Jones, the head coach from Tennessee. And I looked at my coach's database, and I saw that when Butch Jones, he handles teams that have losing records. He, In fact, he obliterates those types of football teams, and that's the reason they can pad his record. But when he goes up against the big boys, those teams that he struggled with last year, that he turned wins into losses with, 
in games against teams that are undefeated, Butch Jones is just 3-13 and straight up, 3-11-2 to the spread in his career. I think this is a pressure situation for Butch Jones and the kids as well. I'll take the points with Virginia Tech for my side in this big showdown game at Bristol Speedway between the Hokies and the Volunteers. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence against the spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. I'm visiting with Victor King, and don't go away, because when Victor and I come back, we're going to tear down our NFL Game of the Week. It's the biggest, best game, I think, on tap in the National Football League this week, beyond Thursday's showdown between Denver and Carolina, when the New England Patriots take on Arizona in the Sunday Night Football Game. We'll have that and a whole lot more to come here on Mark Lawrence against the spread. There is only one football newsletter on the market today, documented number one win percentage, and it's the Playbook Football Newsletter. Playbook has the top win percentage of all football newsletters in the nation, according to the Phil Steele Power Sweep Newsletter Contest. Only Playbook has best bets, wise guys contest picks, awesome angles, and incredible stats, plus complete analysis write-up on every college and NFL game along with Victor King's NFL over-under trends and Mark Lawrence's weekly Bet You Didn't Know column as seen in the USA Today Sports Weekly. Get your weekly Playbook football newsletter online at playbook.com and get every edge imaginable this football season. That's the weekly Playbook football newsletter, available now at playbook.com. Hey, sports fans. Football season is here, and it's time to get in on the action. MyBookie.ag is an industry-leading website that offers odds and action on your favorite games. Take advantage of the MyBookie specials before they're gone. Call toll-free at 1-844-900-2387 or visit us online at MyBookie.ag to open an account. Pull out your smartphone to sign up with our user-friendly mobile site for on-the-go action. What are you waiting for? Come join mybookie.ag today. Call toll-free at 844-900-2387 or go online to mybookie.ag to open an account and start winning today. Only the biggest, only the best, only at mybookie.ag. Sign up today. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Mark Lawrence along with Victor King, and we're tearing down this week's college and pro football cards here on Mark Lawrence against the spread. It's time for our National Football League game of the week. We've got a big Sunday night football affair on tap this week when New England travels in to Arizona to take on the Cardinals, minus the services of Tom Brady. Victor, your take on how the New England Patriots-Arizona Cardinals game shakes out this Sunday night. Sure thing, Mark. You know, when the over-under line was first posted in this game way back in, what, uh, early June? It was a solid 51 points. Of course, the news broke that Brady would indeed be sitting out in the first four games of the year. And in terms of over-under results, he's worth anywhere from about four to five points on the over-under line. So no surprise that the line has come down. We're somewhere in the area of 47.5 to 47 points right now as the over-under line for this very first Sunday night game of the season. And I don't know about you guys, but I'm not even going to consider going over in a Patriots game until Brady is back. So for me in this game, it's going to be either the under 
or maybe play the side, the favorite of the dog, or pass and just watch it on TV. So most of our New England numbers here, you can basically throw out the window because they all include Tom Brady at quarterback. But with that said, the Patriots were a 5-3 and over-under team on the road last season, average of 48.3 points per game. The Cardinals were a middle-of-the-road 4-4 four and four over-under at home, 48.8. This was a team that closed the season, the Cardinals, playing extremely good defense. They went 1-5 and over-under in their last six regular season games. In terms of the series history, of course, uh, as they're both in opposite conferences, they only play each other once every three years. The series, however, has gone one and four over under in the last five meetings. The average line, 41.6. Average total points scored, 37.6. We do note that both teams are fairly low scoring, relatively speaking, in their first game of the season. The Patriots have gone one and three over under in game one, while over the last nine years, the Cardinals have gone three and six over under in their first game of the season. Again, as I mentioned, a lot of the New England numbers are not pertinent based on the fact that Brady is not playing. But with that said, this is a pretty good defense here, an underrated defense, I might add. They were number eight in the NFL in defense last year at uh, 336 yards per game allowed. And that was a 45-yard improvement from the previous season for the Patriots. They were also the number eight scoring defense. Yeah, they allowed less than 20 points per game last year, only 19.7. And the Cardinals, uh, right around the same area. They were the number seven defense last year, allowing 334 yards per game. That in itself was a 35-yard game improvement from the previous year. And they were the number 13 scoring defense, allowing only 21.2 points per game. Now, Mark, if this were the 2000, and let me get this right. If this were the 2014 season, we'd be going over the total. That was the season in which the primetime games The Thursday Nighters, the Sunday Nighters, the Monday Nighters all went over the total at that very high 74%. And that was back in 2014, two years ago. But like everything, things change, uh, things even out, things middle out. And if you played over in every primetime game last year in the 2015 season, you didn't do very well. Things do change. Last year, uh, Thursday night games went 7-11 and 11 over-under. Sunday night games went 8-8 eight and eight over-under. Monday night games went 6-11 and 11 over-under. So, uh, again, we'll be looking, we'll be searching during this first month of the season for that next great over-the-total pattern, and we'll have a little bit more information as we dissect it in our weekly totals tip sheet. But the days of the prime timers being high-scoring, Uh, You're about two years too late on that. So with that said, Mark, we're going to lean under. Uh, It's either play the under or lay off or play the side or the favorite. Maybe Mark has got some sort of an angle on either the dog or the favorite. But we'll lean under in this game right now at the current number of 47 points. Victor Kane leans under the total in the Patriots-Cardinals football game. The Patriots minus Tom Brady. Maybe looking for them to run the football a bit more here to protect Jimmy Garoppolo in his first start in the National Football League. That way, managing Bill Belichick's game plan for this football game here. England has been a top-five scoring offense every year in the league since 2010, but we can put a big asterisk next to that because it was all, like Victor said, largely due to Tom Brady 
being in the lineup here. It reverts now to Bill Belichick, the head coach, and what he can do in this football game. And the bottom line to me is this game is a matchup of the two best head coaches in the National Football League. That's the reason why in the playbook preseason football guide magazine, we projected New England to meet Arizona in the Super Bowl. And if we are correct, this could be prelude to that first Super Bowl showdown meeting when they meet this particular week here. Bill Belichick is uh, obviously a cagey head coach when it comes to dressing up as an underdog. He's 12-4 and four the spread in his career when taking six or more points. He's also 12-4 and four straight up Bill Belichick in season opening football games. The Patriots themselves have dominated the NFC West going 17-5 and five straight up and against the spread the last 22 games against teams out of the NFC West. Arizona comes in now back-to-back winning seasons for the first time in 65 years, and they did that largely because they improved their net stats 65 yards a game last season as opposed to the team that was on the field in 2014, which finished negative in the stats, but yet still managed to find a way into a playoff spot. They are off back-to-back winning seasons the last two years, largely due to the fact that they've led the league in turnovers gained and penalties each of the past two football seasons here. The question in my mind is whether or not that regresses and comes back to the norm this football season here. And as good as New England is against NFC West opponents, Arizona is just as poor against AFC East opponents. They're just 5-17 and 17 straight up, 8-14 and 14 to the spread, if you will, Arizona against teams out of the AFC East. The bottom line to me in this football game is it's all about value and whether or not Brady's in the lineup or not, we know he won't be. You're still talking New England taking six points in a football game, which is a rarity. Bill Belichick has had a whole offseason to get ready for this football game, to mastermind his game plan, and he will not be embarrassed. I, when I put out the fact that they're 17-5 and five straight up in ATS against the NFC West, as underdogs in those games, they're a perfect 8-0 and o to the spread. They've won six of those eight games in straight-up fashion. I'll hold my nose, take the points with New England in this football game to see whether or not Belichick can win the football game. If not, just playing not to embarrass himself in the contest. Put New England plus the points down for me as my side in the football game. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence against the spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show, and it's time to hop out to Las Vegas for our first visit out to Vegas here for this 2016 football season as we join with our good friend Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com. Andy, how's everything going for you this hectic first week of the National Football League season? Well, Mark, it's an exciting time of the year. The college is getting underway last weekend with a lot of surprising results. And if that's a forecaster of what happens in the NFL this season, it could be a very, very interesting season with a number of new faces making the playoffs and perhaps some old standbys missing out. And, of course, it all gets underway Thursday night uh, with a repeat of uh, Super Bowl 50. Andy, we talked in the newsletter this week, in the playbook newsletter, about the fact that we haven't even played a game yet, and there's a coaching, or I mean a quarterback carousel that's going on in the National Football League. It seems like these quarterbacks are going down with regularity now out of the preseason before the season even begins. We saw Teddy Bridgewater out for the season here. They made a big trade for Sam Bradford here. Whether or not he starts this week is still unknown. It might be Sean Hill, but uh, your take, Andy, before we get into this football season here about the NFL preseason. Are four games too many for these teams to be playing with injury risks uh, being what they may, or is it a good time for these coaches to find out exactly what they've got? 
I think some coaches would uh, argue that even one game is too many because of the high risk of injury. Probably, I think, a more reasonable number would be two. Of course, if you go back over the years, preseason games, at one point, they were playing six preseason games and a 14-game regular season schedule. But that was back in the era of uh, guys getting paid very little salaries. They had to have, win- uh, well, actually, springtime jobs after the season ended. Now you've got the OTAs. You've got year-round conditioning. The players come into camp in much better shape. They don't need as much time to prepare physically and uh, mentally to get ready for these games. So I think maybe just one or two games to get a little bit of a taste of the action, getting into game speed, game mode is sufficient. Each year we're going to have injuries in preseason, and of course that's the one unknown as the season unfolds. The teams that seem to be able to uh, advance deep into the season and then into the playoffs are generally those teams that are fortunate as far as avoiding injuries. And sometimes there are exceptions, but for the most part, teams like Minnesota and Dallas are dealt a heavy blow this year because of the injuries to Tony Romo and Teddy Bridgewater. And speaking of those injuries, Andy, as we like to do on the show here, when we visit in with Andy Isco, joining us from TheLogicalApproach.com every week here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. What about some of the line moves, Andy, that have occurred from the preseason, from the opening lines that were sent out primarily before the preseason began, as opposed to what will be kicking off this week? Have there been any dramatic moves that you've seen that were that are you would consider noteworthy? Well, perhaps the most dramatic move actually occurred in the opening game of the season between Carolina and Denver back in mid April when the initial lines were posted following the uh, release of the schedule or the release of the fact that it would be a Super Bowl rematch, the Denver Broncos actually opened up about a two-point favorite at most sports books, both in Las Vegas and nationwide. There was steady movement towards Carolina throughout the spring and into the summer, and in fact, as of late July, Carolina was up to a three-point road favorite, where it's pretty much remained since then. Although we're now seeing some vig attached to the three, so that if you're laying Carolina minus the three, you're actually laying minus $1.20. Of course, the two other noteworthy moves that occurred over the past few weeks were related to the injuries to Teddy Bridgewater and to Tony Romo. Now, the Tony Romo injury occurred first. Dallas, which had been as high as a four-point favorite and had pretty much settled it at a three-point favorite when the injury occurred. Romo's absence, even with the fine showing by Dak Prescott in the preseason, the Dallas-New York Giants game on Sunday afternoon is now a pick affair. The Minnesota game at Tennessee did not show as dramatic a line move for much of the preseason and into the uh, into the summer. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings were about a two and a half to three point road favorite when Bridgewater went down and. The uh, initial thoughts were that Sean Hill would get the start, and he probably will because of the late trade for Bradford. The line only dropped about a half point to two, some places one and a half. So the thinking there is because Minnesota's success is predicated largely on the play of its defense and the running game behind Adrian Peterson, the drop-off in the quarterback play from Teddy Bridgewater to either Sean Hill or eventually Sam Bradford is not significant enough to cause as much of a move with the loss of their quarterback as, for example, it did with Tony Romo, and perhaps we even the other line move that I was going to mention is in that uh, New England-Arizona game where we're seeing as much as a six-point line move. That game opened Pick'em back in the spring when it was not known or not even expected that Tom Brady would would uh, finally lose that appeal and serve his suspension. The line now a pretty solid six, so we've seen nearly a full touchdown move uh, related to one of the greatest quarterbacks in the history of the league being out and somewhat of an unknown untested backup, and I believe I caught your comments a little earlier, the one steady factor in this game is Bill Belichick, and if anyone can prepare a quarterback ready to make his first start, Belichick's the guy. 
Great insight from Andy Isco from Las Vegas. We're getting the Vegas vibe from Andy Isco on what's going on this first week of the National Football League season. And Andy, as you know, I was out in Las Vegas for the Super Contest weekend. We had a great dinner together, had some good times, good lunch together. I enjoyed visiting with you and being with you. It was a big buzz going on at the Westgate Superbook for the Superbook Contest here. And uh, what are you hearing now? I know nothing is official yet. I don't think the entries have closed here as of yet as we speak here on Wednesday morning. But uh, what's your hearing what you're hearing here as far as maybe the projected amount of entrance and what that first place prize might be in the super contest this year well as you know they made some changes in the super contest this year some were favorable some were not the most negatively received change was the imposition of an eight percent administrative fee which was expected to have an impact on the number of entries and although there have been some people who have objected and have not decided to join or rejoin the contest. The facts are that the contest is on a record pace to exceed the total entries of last year, which was a record 1,727. We're only about five years removed from when the contest was about four to 500 uh, after showing a very steady uh, increase over the last uh, four years. Now, uh, looking at the mini contest, which is a pretty good indicator of where things stand, the mini contest, which covers the final three weeks of the regular season, separate and apart from the full 17-week contest. That deadline expired on Monday afternoon of Labor Day. Last year at this time, or at that time, they had 1,439 entries. This year, almost 150 more, 1,576. So they're about 150 ahead. I expect that pace to continue. Last year, the record number was 1,727. Speaking with Jay the other day, he's expecting about 1,900, which would be pretty close to the target of what it was going to be optimistically of 2,000. First place price, even with the 8% administrative fee, is expected to be somewhere in the vicinity of 900 to $950,000. Wow. Wow. A lot of reward for anybody that fares well in the super contest this particular season here. Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com does a great job proxying for a lot of people outside of Las Vegas uh, doing just that. And we get our update, our reports each and every week from Andy here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread with what's going on inside that super contest. Andy, before I ask you what your complimentary play might be on this week's football card, I'm going to turn over to Victor King because I know Victor's got a question he wants to run by you as well. Sure do, Mark. Uh, Great stuff on the NFL, Andy. Real quick, your first impression in college football the opening weekend, specifically the LSU-Wisconsin game. From what I saw, Andy, the public pounded the LSU Tigers in this game. That point spread moved from 10 up to there was as high as 13. Seemingly every parlay, every teaser was hooked into the Tigers. Was this the sportsbook's biggest win of the opening weekend, the Wisconsin uh, underdog victory? I think that might have been one of the biggest wins. I'd have to think that the Oklahoma-Houston game also provided a huge win for the sportsbooks as that money on Oklahoma steamed that game up to about 13.5, and and I even heard reports of a couple of 14s out there. And you know, Some of those high-profile games did go the way of the sportsbooks. Of course, the one big game that did not go the way of the sportsbook was Alabama's spanking of Southern California, sort of offsetting it a little bit. But I have to believe this was one of the best opening college football week simply because of the attractiveness of the schedule with what really looked to be a bowl lineup of games with a lot of mm-hmm. major schools playing one another and the fact that most of those decisions went the way of the sports books. Andy, do you think that that big weekend in college football last week and the attractiveness of the card 
had a lot to do with ESPN itself and the fact that uh, you know it's they're out there pushing college football, looking to televise the best football games. And if they did, did they configure in putting this attractive looking card together last week? I would think they had some impact, but I'm also thinking that perhaps we're seeing some of the effects of the college football playoff, at least the initial version of four teams, so that teams rarely now are penalized by virtue of playing tough opponents early in the season because effectively, and we don't know if it'll occur this year depending upon what Houston does the rest of the way, you're basically looking at the four representatives in most years coming from the five major power conferences. As a result, you can afford an out-of-conference loss because if you win your conference, you're generally going to get an invitation unless it's a down year. For example, last year was a down year in terms of overall balance for the Pac-12, so they were left out. The lack of a championship game two years earlier left the uh, Big 12 conference out. So I think the fact that there's more of a format, more of a structure for getting those four teams into the college playoffs, which hopefully within a few years will turn to eight, eliminates the need for backing away or shying away from high-profile matchups. Hopefully, we'll see a similar opening weekend next year. Probably explains a little bit of the panic look, if you will, on Brian Kelly's face because he has no conference to win as opposed to Bob Stoops, who knows that if he runs the table, he'll likely also still be in the college football playoffs this year. Great insight from Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com. I encourage you to check out his weekly newsletter. It's a terrific newsletter filled with stats, facts, and great information. Check it out online at TheLogicalApproach.com. And Andy, if you would, for our listeners out there, we've become accustomed to your complimentary play on this first week of the National Football League card. Well, there's a lot of attractive matchups, and of course, you have to be careful in week one because you're playing on perception, especially what we've taken from preseason, which I've always found to be a gross mistake as far as uh, trying to read into what we saw during the month of August. I'm going to take a look at a game between the Oakland Raiders and the New Orleans Saints being played down in New Orleans. Raiders are a team that is expected to do a lot of good things this year, show tremendous improvement. Their season win total is eight and a half. Yet this is a team that has not won more than eight games since 2002, the year that they last went to the Super Bowl. Of course, they ended up being trashed by uh, Tampa Bay. They've had all losing seasons since then, with the exception of 2010, 2011, when they were 8-8. Eight and eight. So I'm thinking that the public perception is very high on Oakland, not very high on New Orleans. Now, at the end of the season, we may end up seeing the Oakland Raiders having the better overall record and perhaps going a little bit deeper than a lot of people may think initially. As far as New Orleans is concerned, they still have some problems on defense, but laying just one point at home seems a little bit cheap and seems to be buying into the Oakland Raiders hype. I'm not from Missouri, but Oakland has to show me that they are indeed the improved team that everybody says they're going to be this year. I think laying under a field goal at home with what is now a healthy New Orleans Saints team is the way to go in that contest. So I've laid the one point with the Saints, looking for them to get off the uh, uh, out of the starting gates in 2016 with a nice home win. Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com likes the New Orleans Saints over Oakland for his complimentary play in the first football game, looking for maybe a little bit of an improved defense and incentive perhaps from Dennis Allen, the defensive coordinator with Oakland, former coach at Oakland, now the new defensive coordinator with the Saints, maybe perhaps working a little magic in the game as well. Andy, a great job once again on the show this week. I'm going to look forward to visiting with you each and every week throughout this 2016 football season, and we'll catch up with you next week to find out exactly what that final tally was in the Super Contest this year. 
And thank you, Mark. And of course, next week, we'll also begin our review of how the consensus has done in the Westgate Super Contest, a feature that a lot of folks look forward to because it gauges how these people who are supposedly the best in the business fare on a week-to-week basis. Once again, Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com. Check out his website now. Andy, have a great week, and we'll talk with you next week. Be good. You too, Mark and Victor. Thanks. That was Andy Isco joining us from TheLogicalApproach.com with the Vegas vibe, which we get each and every week here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. Don't go away. When Victor and I come back, we'll have our awesome angle of the week and our complimentary plays on the football card from Victor and yours truly. The final segment here of Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. We'll be back in just a brief moment. The all-new Playbook Cube is hands down the easiest to use sports information app on the market today. Whether it's lines, scores, streaming alerts, newsletter downloads, injuries, or betting tools, the Playbook Cube has it all. To download your Playbook Cube free of charge, simply visit the Apple App Store, the Google Play Store, or the Amazon Store. Find out for yourself why the Playbook app received a five-star rating. Only on the Playbook Cube will you find sports pages covering every NFL and college football team, college and NFL coaches and NFL starting quarterback spread records, power ratings, football newsletters, and much more. That's the Playbook Cube, C-U-B-E. It's where day trading meets sports gaming. Get your cube today and start winning tonight. Hey, sports fans. Football season is here, and it's time to get in on the action. MyBookie.ag is an industry-leading website that offers odds and action on your favorite games. Take advantage of the MyBookie specials before they're gone. Call toll-free at 1-844-900-2387 or visit us online at MyBookie.ag to open an account. Pull out your smartphone to sign up with our user-friendly mobile site for on-the-go action. What are you waiting for? Come join MyBookie.ag today. Call toll-free at 844-900-2387 or go online to MyBookie.ag to open an account and start winning today. Only the biggest, only the best, only at MyBookie.ag. Sign up today. And now, the moment you've been waiting for. From the hot South Florida sun, it's Mark Lawrence with his awesome angle of the week. All right, guys, let's get to it. Our awesome angle of the week on the football show this week. We call this Surprise Me Once. And what we look to do is to play against any college football team in game two that finds themselves as a non-conference favorite if they won their first game of the year as an underdog of plus 10 or more points. Pull the upset once, yes. Pull the upset twice, we doubt it. The teams will be playing against this week after having pulled upsets as 10-point or larger dogs last week will be against Army and against Wisconsin. We're going to do that because doing that, we're 12-4-1 against the spread since 1980 in our surprising once awesome angle play of the week this week. And before I hand it off to Victor King from King Creole Sports with his top complimentary play and letting you know what he's got on tap this week, I'm going to remind our listeners out there, two quick notes. Number one, 
The Playbook Cube is available for free download, as you heard earlier on the show. You can also join in and get the world's first interactive sports game app at no charge. The United Games is producing the world's first interactive sports game app. It'll be launched this October. If you register today to become a player, free of charge, free download, you can get this app one day before it goes public. All you need to do to register for more information is go to games, G-A-M-E-S, dot playbook.com. That's games, dot playbook.com to register for the United Games first interactive sports game app. You'll be glad you did. Also, noting that my friends at mybookie.com are offering a 100% sign-up bonus to everybody who signs up this week. To take advantage of the 100% sign-up bonus at mybookie, simply log on at mybookie.ag or give them a call toll-free at 1-844-866-2387. That's mybookie for your 100% sign-up bonus this weekend. Victor, if you would, let our listeners know what you've got on tap this week and your complimentary play on the show as well. Absolutely, Mark. I do want to reiterate that uh, this United Games app, this, this thing is going to blow up like nobody's business, games.playbook.com. From what we've heard, from what we've researched, this is going to be one of the most popular sports apps that you can download, and it's going to be equivalent of like Pokemon Go. You saw the how that thing really exploded earlier this summer, and if you like playing an interactive game, while you're watching your favorite NFL game on TV or any sport for that matter, you're definitely going to want to check that out at games.playbook.com. Now, Mark, in terms of our free play this week, you know, we had a good uh, week last week in the uh, college football. I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, as you know, we put up our college football over-unders on Friday mornings, available at playbook.com. We've got a big one in the NFL our only over of the week in NFL game one action. That'll be up at playbook.com on Friday evening. With that said, there's one game this week in the NFL in which not only am I playing the over-under, but I'm playing the side as well. And that's going to be in the San Diego-Kansas City game. And I'm liking me some of the dog and the under in that game. I think it's worthy playing both on the side, that's the under and the underdog. I think it's worthy of a teaser where you're playing both together. Take San Diego up to 13.5 or 14 points. Take the over-under up and bet it under 51 to 50.5 points. And it may even be parlay-worthy as well. In terms of the under, and I mentioned that in this week's totals tip sheet, you get basically one guess. Who was the best defense at home last season in the NFL. No, it was not Seattle. It was not Carolina. It was not Cincinnati. It was the Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City home games, they allowed only 16.7 points per game at home last season. The Chiefs are far and away the best home under team in the NFL over the last six years. Since 2010, Casey home games have gone 13 and 31 over under. Now that includes two and 15 over under as home favorites when the over under line is 42 or more points. And that's the case in this one. The last time I looked, it was at 44 and a half. And in fact, in the last two years in the situation, Casey home games have gone 0 and 7 over under. Now on the flip side, the Chargers offense 
They had their difficulties last year on the road, scoring only 20 points per game on the road. At last look, the Chiefs were laying a full touchdown in this game, and I think I would bet, and I'm pun intended there, that you could probably get seven and a hook in this game if you shopped around. But since the second half of last season, there's been a real strong undertrend. Uh, division home favorites of six or more points have gone four and 17 over under, including one and 13 when the over under line is greater than 42 points. You know, this Chargers Chiefs series in the last two seasons, all four games have gone under the total with an average of only 29 and a half combined points per game. So the under, that's a strong play. We're using that as one of the totals tip sheets, best bets, but the underdog mark, I got to point this out because last year in week one, our only underdog play was the New York giants, the Sunday night game, plus seven points against Dallas. That game went right down to the wire. The final score was 27 to 26. And there's one team this week in which the same situation applies this season in week one, and that's the San Diego Chargers. The best week one situation, in my opinion, for underdogs, starts and ends with revenge. KC, of course, as I mentioned, they beat San Diego in both of last year's meetings. So now this has gone in our database 17 and 8 since 1981. That's pretty solid. It's gone 11 and 1 since 2001. It's gone a perfect 8 and 0 ATS since 2009 with that winner in the Giants last uh, season in week one. NFL, game one, division road underdogs of greater than a field goal, playing with revenge like the Chargers are when the over-under line is 43 or more points. And not only did KC win both of last year's meetings against the Chargers, but they swept the Chargers in 2014 as well. So San Diego comes in with what we call revenge times four. And here you go. This has gone 18-5-2 and five and two ATS since 2009. What we want to look at are teams playing division opponents. They're playing with four times or more revenge, and it's in the first half of the season. That applies to the Chargers, Mark. These teams have gone 18-5-2. The Chiefs, they're a bad home favorite, particularly in division games. The Chargers... They're a great road underdog. They've gone 37 and 15 since 2003 as a road underdog. That includes 23 and 4 when their current win percentage is 500 or less. So I think we got something here, Mark. Definitely think about it in a teaser, perhaps even as a parlay, but definitely on the side. I'm playing both sides. I'm taking the Chargers. I'm playing them at seven and a half points. I'm taking the under at 44 and a half. And I think we got here. A nice little double whammy free play. Victor King twisting the San Diego-Kansas City game every which way but loose <laughs> with both the underdog the underdog and the under total in the football contest here for his complimentary play on the football show this week. And be sure to check out Victor's top over totals play of the week this week online at playbook.com where you can also download issue number one of the totals tip sheet just in time for the first week of the 2016 NFL football season. Before I get to my complimentary play on the show this week, I want to remind you that my $99 football weekend of winners kicks off this weekend, and it couldn't come at a better time as we had a terrific NFL preseason. We started out with a 3-0 sweep of the college football card last week. This will be highlighted with our NFL opening week play of the year 
Folks, we've gone 13-2 and two the last 15 years on our NFL opening week play of the year. Six straight years in a row with winners. We've had eight straight winning football seasons in a row. We're also documented 48-22 and 22 the last two years in the NFL during the regular season by the Sports Monitor in Oklahoma. Take advantage of this terrific $99 football weekend of winners for everyone of my college and NFL plays this weekend, including our NFL opening week play of the year. All you need to do is log on at playbook.com or give our office a call toll-free to get on board for the $99 football weekend of winners now at 1-800-321-7777. My complimentary play on the football card this week in college football is the Arkansas Razorbacks when they take on TCU in a non-conference football showdown game this weekend. And believe me, the Southeast Conference needs a good showing this week after having had that 7-7 seven and seven egg on their face last week. This is the only Southeast Conference non-conference dog you'll find on the football card this weekend here. Arkansas comes in 5-1 and one to the spread as non-conference road dogs themselves when taking 14 or less points. They've also cashed in four of their last five games against teams out of the Big 12 Conference. They're going to take on TCU, who's just 2-6 and six to the spread as a non-conference single-digit favorite. And in fact, their last 10 games against the SEC, TCU has covered the spread only two times in those football games. With Arkansas head coach Brett Bielema, terrific 15-7-1 as a dog off a win. We think the Hogs might even be the better team in this football game. We'll play them plus the points against TCU for my complimentary play on the football show this week. And that's going to put the final wraps in this edition of Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. A great job by Victor King from King Creole Sports. Andy Isco joining us from TheLogicalApproach.com. Until next week, for everybody listening and our good friend Jack Reynolds, we know is listening from above. This is Mark Lawrence reminding you to always to remember to bet with your head, not over it. And good luck as always. <laughs>